I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 120 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvolution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. It really is that easy to let me know what you love, what you hate, or what you just want to hear more of on the show. If you've been following along this week, I'm sure you know that I had an amazing guest, Ian Hartitz, at iHartitz on Twitter. He is the host of the PFF Fantasy Football Show, as well as just an amazing dude and full-time analyst over there at PFF. Sadly, he was not able to stick around for this last episode, um, time constraints being what they are for a super busy dude, but much thanks. Really appreciate him stopping by. Go back and check out those episodes if you missed them. Today's episode is all about the Carolina Panthers. That's right. The very last team to be covered in the very last divisional breakdown series before the NFL is here. I am pumped. And this will be the very first episode in the last couple of weeks that is actually being recorded right before it airs because I had a little holiday. I was away for three weeks um, there in August in this US of A with the fam. It was fantastic. So thank you very much for your patience and for sticking with me with some of those pre-recorded shows that might have been a week or two behind any sort of uh, injury news maybe or something like that. But I think there was a lot of good information. I still enjoyed them. Hopefully you did as well. Before we dive into the Panthers, I do have a fun little announcement. So as some of you may know, some of you OGs who've been here this whole time, week one of the NFL season will be the first, the one year anniversary for Dynasty Debates. Waiting for applause and cheers, as I'm sure you are now doing while you're listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. It has been an awesome year. Um, over 100 episodes, as you know, uh, over 20,000 downloads, met lots of really cool people, had a lot of great conversations, and looking forward to a lot more fun and shenanigans this year. So, just to celebrate kind of what's been going on and just making it through the first year and getting ready into year two, I am going to be doing a giveaway. And all you have to do to enter the giveaway is go on to Apple Podcasts. Drop a five-star review, give it a screenshot, and then send it to me on Twitter at FFEvolution or to the show at Dynasty Debates. If you don't have a Twitter, you should make one. And if you can't or you don't want to, fine. Drop it to me in an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. Now, when you drop the five-star review and subscribe, obviously, if you aren't already, um, you will be entered in and I'm going to choose a winner. I'm going to have it open for a couple of weeks here. So we'll just give everybody a chance to kind of listen, get a chance to get their review in, get a chance to enter in because I'm going to draw somebody to win a year-long subscription to the Dynasty GM tool with Dynasty Nerds. Now, I have a relationship with Dynasty Nerds. I do some writing and some ranking for them. The Dynasty GM tool is awesome. It is a $50 value, so it is worth something. It'll help make you a better Dynasty player. You'll get access to the Discord there with Dynasty Nerds. You'll get access to the Trade Calculator, the League Sync, which can take all of your leagues on Sleeper or MFL or some of the other platforms, and it'll literally 
rank your leagues, tell you who's the strongest, who's the weakest in the leagues. It gives you a league analyzer, a trade analyzer, um, player shares, tells you who, how many. It's a great tool. Just trust me when I say it is a great tool. Like I said, I just want to say thank you to you guys um, for listening, for sticking with me, and here's to a bright future. So all you got to do, give a five-star rating on your favorite podcast listening platform. Give that a screenshot, drop it to me, and you will be entered for a chance to win. Without any further ado, let's jump into the Carolina Panthers. The main event. Fight! So the Carolina Panthers finished last place last year in the NFC South, coming in at 5-12. and 12. It was honestly, I mean, if, if we can cast our minds back that far, it was nothing short of a comedy of errors last year. So many injuries, CMC went down, uh, Sam Darnold was up and down and injured and everything else, and it was just a, a bad year. Something to, uh, something to forget about if you're a Panthers fan. Now, I'm just going to go through, like we've done with all the different ones in this series, we're just going to go through and I'm just going to remind you of sort of any key changes from the personnel standing or from a player standing on the offensive side and just kind of highlight any major moves, anything like that. And uh, then we'll just talk about sort of uh, some underlying stats, some things that might uh, help us to give an idea of what we can expect this year from the Panthers moving into 2022. So even though it was a very disappointing year and it's been a couple of disappointing years, head coach Matt Rule did remain in charge, um, but he has made about somewhere around seven, eight changes to the coaching staff. So new offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, former Giants head coach, and James Campen is the new uh, offensive line coach. Um, So they're really trying to revamp some of the coaching room there just to try and get things uh, sorted. Now, they, as far as signing some key acquisitions, they did sign Ian Thomas to a three-year, $16.95 million contract, uh, running back Dante Foreman to a one-year, $2 million contract. Rashard Higgins to a one-year, $1.18 million contract. DJ Moore got a three-year, $61.8 million contract extension. Shout out DJ Moore. Love that dude. I think he's like tied for my most rostered player in Dynasty. So hopefully he absolutely balls out this year. Now, if you've been a Carolina Panthers fan or just a fantasy football fan, you probably are aware that one of the biggest issues with the Panthers has been their offensive line. Thankfully, they did do some stuff to try and bolster that. They signed Austin Corbett, um, a, who is a guard, to a three-year, $26.25 million contract. He had a 69.6 PFF grade noise, which was 22nd in the league last year. And Bradley Bozeman, center, one year, $2.8 million, which he had a 73.6 PFF grade, which was 11th. So that certainly helps a lot. And they had a very high pick in the first round. We were all afraid at the draft that they were going to reach on one of these um, sort of less than exciting quarterback prospects. Thankfully, common sense prevailed for once, and they drafted Ikim Ikwanwu, uh, a tackle who was very highly touted, very highly thought of. So Iki should hopefully hit the ground running and again, bring some stability and maybe a little bit of oomph to that offensive line. In PFF sort of preseason uh, offensive line rankings, Carolina has has actually come in at 24th, which doesn't sound great, but when you think that they would have been like one of the bottom, it's actually a step in the right direction. So certainly uh, better than it was last year. And just from reading their sort of blurb about it, I think they're kind of even using that as like maybe a little bit of a conservative, you know, they don't want to get ahead of themselves, but I think it's certainly moving in the right direction. They did end up taking a quarterback, so they traded up slightly to grab Matt Corral at the end of the third round. 
And um, as we all know, they did end up trading for Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick from the Cleveland Browns in the midst of this whole Deshaun Watson debacle. Uh, So yeah, a lot going on there on the offensive side of the ball, which it needed to, let's be honest. It's been a very disappointing couple of years, especially from the quarterback situation. It's just been an absolute carousel of quarterbacks. Um, you know, we've had a hodgepodge of Cam Newton and Sam Darnold and uh, Joe Schmo down the street and just everybody in there and their mother has had a chance to throw the ball there. Not very much success. So we have been put out of our misery so far. We've been told that Baker Mayfield has won the starting gig, which I don't think is really any surprise to anybody. I mean, I think most people were pretty confident as soon as that trade happened. The reason it happened was that they knew they weren't happy with Sam Darnold. So it looks like it will be the Baker show. And of course, week one, they are playing the Browns. So Baker revenge game all guns blazing. Now, normally I would throw to my guests and ask them what their confidence level is on a scale of one to 10 for the Panthers in 2022. Since I am both the host and the guest, I will not throw it to myself. I will just answer the question anyways. I honestly have been thinking about this lately and I would say it sounds silly, but I think I've actually been rising on the idea of there being a Carolina resurgence this year. Um, I'm coming, I'm coming around to the idea. I'm warming to the idea of Baker Mayfield, um, you know, revenge season. So I think I would actually put my confidence level at around sort of a six. Now that doesn't sound great, but it's a lot better than it probably would have been maybe a month or two ago. I think that with this offensive line, if they do take that little bit of a step forward and become just a competent line, I don't think they're going to be a top 10 line or, you know, an elite offensive line this year. But if they're just competent, um, if CMC stays healthy, I do think Baker is a massive upgrade over anything they've had there in the last few years. So I think Baker could be a usable. I certainly think he could be a usable QB2 in any sort of super flex league. I think CMC, if he stays healthy, is going to do what CMC does and be elite this year. So I'm certainly happy to take a shot on him in redraft leagues in dynasty if you're a contender obviously he's one of the best you know kind of running backs you can have but i do think the volume will probably come down a little bit for him i really do think i mean from the buzz that i've been hearing out of camp and things like that just listening listening to beat reporters and listening to different shows it does sound like they've kind of come around to the idea of thinking we cannot give this dude you know 500 carries and 700 targets every year and expect him to stay healthy and carry the entire team on their back and even recently they you know just small little trade, but they brought in LaVisca Chenault, someone else that could maybe do some, you know, out of the backfield, kind of take a couple of rushes here, there, another guy from out of the slot trying to fill that Curtis Samuel type role. So, you know, they're doing these little moves and I do think with Baker being such an upgrade, I think Baker could be a usable QB too. I think that DJ Moore should have a really good year because he's done really well with just absolute garbage at the quarterback position. Um, I just think there's a very narrow tree of people that I'm looking to invest in for my fantasy squad. So if I can get, you know, a good deal on CMC or if I'm a contender and I've got CMC, I'm feeling happy about that. Um, if I can get a cheap deal, on, you know, Baker Mayfield, something like that, but I'm not looking to uh, kind of major heavily invest in the, the third wide receiver, Robbie Anderson or something like that along those lines. So I would say, yeah, around a six maybe, but I am going to dive in here. I want to look at the underlying stats because I think that's really important. Yes, there's been some changes, but it's the same coaching staff, things like that. Want to have a look and see 
you know, where did they stand in some of these key stats that we look at every year now? As far as, you know, for example, I always like to look at the um, DVOA. So that stands for Defensive Adjusted Value Over Average. It just means some really smart people, much smarter than me, watch every single play of every single game throughout the season. And they look at things like the yardage and the distance to go and what time of the game and who they're playing, all these different factors. And they kind of figure out what they would expect from an average NFL offense and then they rank them how much better they did above average or below average and they rank them first all the way down to 32nd so as we've kind of hinted as i've hinted at here probably no big surprise but carolina actually came in 31st in dvoa so uh just for you mathematicians out there there's 32 teams being 31st is not good in this category so they were very very bad um very very poor at sort of any me any success really on the offensive side of the ball i also like to look at you know kind of their run pass success rates and what i mean by that again because i don't want to be super jargony is a play would be considered successful when it gains at least 40 percent of yards to go on first down 60 percent of yards to go on second down or 100 percent of yards to go on third or fourth down now when we look at those sort of metrics there carolina had a 49 percent success rate with running plays that was 20th in the league so that was fairly low but again actually it's pretty good when you consider the fact that you know they had a really bad offensive line christian mccaffrey was beat up a lot so that is fairly encouraging um when you think about it that way now when we flip that over and we look at the passing game uh, it's not even as pretty of a picture so they were only 40 percent successful in their play passes which was 31st again that horrible number that we do not want to hear and and when you combine the two, so pass and run success, they were 44% successful, which was 29th in the league. So as we've kind of, as I've kind of mentioned there, as I've kind of alluded to, it was not very good. It was not a pretty picture. Uh, it's certainly not something to get overly excited about when you look at what happened last year. But we think about the offensive line getting better. We think about the upgraded quarterback. We think about a fully healthy Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore is still in town. They've got LaVisca Chenault. So I think there's quite a lot of um, potential optimism. Now, I don't want to get carried away. I'm not certainly not suggesting they're going to be in the Super Bowl or anything crazy. Um, as far as if we look at like even just the targets and break down the target distribution, things like that, they were pretty middle of the pack there with their targets. Um, even though they were behind a lot, they lost a lot of games. They had about... 533 total targets, which is about 15th. So again, kind of right in the middle of the pack. Now, as far as how those targets were distributed, we kind of have a look there. They were 62.1% of the targets to the wide receiver position, which is 330 targets. So uh, again, it sounds pretty promising when we got similar play callers and things like that. We're hopeful that DJ Moore could get like, you know, 150 targets or something from a much better quarterback. That would be lovely. Running back targets, they were actually fourth in the league at 23.8%. That doesn't surprise anyone, I don't think. If Christian McCaffrey is healthy, he will still get absolutely peppered with targets so that you know you love to see that if you got christian mccaffrey um but as far as you know their past attempts to the tight end position as i'm sure you probably are aware they don't really have very much of a tight end room so they were actually 30th in the league in percentage to the tight end at only 14.1 percent not really overly surprising they do have tommy tremble who's a little bit intriguing as a sort of offensive weapon but really their tight ends are asked a lot more to block than they are to be involved in the offense. So I'm not expecting major contributions from the tight end room. 
So having said all that, again, it was a pretty bleak picture last year. I certainly am still not a massive believer in Matt Rule myself. I kind of feel like he could be the first coach fired this year. Wouldn't surprise me. But saying that, I do kind of, like I said, I've been more and more buying into this idea of Baker Mayfield. You know, whilst he is not an elite quarterback, I don't believe, I certainly don't think he's like, the worst quarterback in the NFL or not worthy to be a starting quarterback. I think he's very middle of the road. He's certainly better than a lot of the quarterbacks that get given chances. So I think he could easily sort of, you know, take this, take this as a ammunition and go out there and kind of, you know, put out a pretty good year could potentially save Matt Rule's job. I think as far as, you know, one, one thing that I like to do with these divisional breakdowns normally get guests opinions, but I'll just give you my opinions is I look at like a buy as in who am I looking to acquire, try and get on the team before the season starts, maybe a goodbye, see you later. And then a sneaky stash. So for me, kind of looking at the player values there just on sleeper. So I look at sleeper cause it's my favorite sort of uh, platform to play fantasy on. You can look at MFL, you can look at Yahoo, you can look at Fantasy Pros, there's lots of different places, but this gives you kind of an idea. With their Superflex, um, you know, ADP for a startup league, I'm looking here and the kind of main values that I'm seeing is, well, first and foremost, if you're in a super flex league, would be Baker Mayfield. So I've kind of mentioned it already. He's won the starting job. He's coming in as QB 23 in a startup, so a very rock bottom sort of QB 2, which... I think he'll certainly return value on that. I mean, he, he I can't imagine outside of injury, which we can't really predict. I can't imagine him not starting every game this year. And if he saves Matt Rule's job, I don't see why, you know, that means he'll have played well enough. They'll have been decent enough where I don't really necessarily see why they would then turn around and just throw him to the, throw, kick him to the curb. Either he would, you know, then sign an extension or something here, or he will have played well enough that if they did want to go for a better quarterback in the draft or someone they see as a better quarterback, he probably will have played his way into a rule elsewhere. So if you can pick him up in a super flex league at like sort of low end QB two, high end QB three number, you know, prices, like if you're struggling for quarterbacks, you need some depth and you can get him for a single 23 second. I think that would be worth the investment personally. Um, I think he'll be fine there. I think he has some really nice weapons that can really help him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey can provide him those dump offs if he needs them. He's got DJ Moore. He's got LaVisca Chenault. He's got, you know, Robbie Anderson. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be definitely, I, again, I don't expect, you know, top 12 numbers, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he finished as like QB 15 to 18 sort of range at the end of the year in a points per game. So that would be sort of my big buy, I suppose, um, as far as like someone I think you can get a cheaper deal on than what they're actually valued at. Um, as far as a good buy in Dynasty, I'm not sure if this is going to really surprise anyone, but it would actually be CMC. Now, he, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying CMC sucks or he's going to be garbage or anything like that. I think he'll be awesome. I think that if he stays healthy this year, which obviously we don't know, but if he stays healthy, it would not surprise me in the least if he is the overall RB1. Now, Having said that, if I'm a contender, if I'm like a top two or three team in, in my league, I'm happy to just ride him this year and see if I can get that championship because ultimately we want to win titles. That's what this is all about. If I'm middle of the pack or if I'm a rebuilder team, what I want to do, I want to wait till week two or three when he's had like two or three big, massive, you know, 25, 30 point games. And he looks like an absolute stud. And I want to flip him for top dollar because he is getting older. He has had a lot of injuries. You know, at the end of the day, 
running backs are here for a good time. They're not here for a long time in dynasty. So you want to kind of capitalize if you get two or three games into the season and you can flip him for two firsts and a player, something like that, something, you know, and, and that sounds crazy right now, but man, I see it every year. It happens every year. You get into the season, people get that fever. They want to win and they'll just go crazy. So yeah, that's what I would do as far as to get rid of and as far as a sneaky stash, um, for me, it is kind of two players. It is going to be LaVisca Chanel, like I've already mentioned there. I know I am a much maligned LaVisca tr- Chanel truther. And no, I do not have as high pie in the sky kind of uh, dreams for him as I used to have. But he's coming in at wide receiver 95. I think a lot of people have been really hurt by him, really heartbroken by him, and they're completely done. Um, they're probably happy to offload him. If you can pick him up off the waivers, or if you can just get him thrown into a deal again, I'm not going out and offering a 23 second form, anything like that at this point. But if I can sort of like agree in a deal in principle, and then I get viscous thrown in on it, you just never know. Cause I did like, I do like his yak ability. I do like him potentially filling that Curtis Samuel type role in Carolina. If I can get a really cheap dart throw, please, please don't go out and start spending first or even seconds on him though. At this stage, it's just, if you can find him, um, on the waivers in a, in a shallower league, or if you find somebody who is just happy to get rid of him, get him off the roster and you can get a really cheap deal. Other than that, I would say somebody that I'm interested in, um, possibly getting, Maybe on the waiver wire, or again, just as kind of a throw in if you're maybe like if you are the CMC manager or if you're a zero RB guy, Dante Foreman. Um, he's he is you know, he did really well last year down the stretch for the Titans. He showed some ability there, and he is coming in at RB61, so pretty cheap prices. And as from what I'm hearing, again, I kind of alluded to this earlier in the episode. What I'm hearing out of camp is that there is going to be some sort of a concerted effort to minimize, not minimize, sorry, that's the wrong word, but to decrease slightly Christian McCaffrey's workload. Now, do I think he will still get kind of the bulk of the work? Of course I do. I don't imagine this is going to be a 60-30 split or anything like that. But A, if heaven forbid McCaffrey does get injured again, we know that Dante Foreman has looked good in the past. He could potentially be a quote-unquote league winner um, if he's get asked to then carry the bulk of the work or if he just even gets a lot of third down work and he's getting a lot of uh, targets, things like that. We just mentioned it. They were like third or fourth in the league in um, pass attempts to the running back. So, you know, even if he fills that sort of role, he could certainly return value. I think he's just one of those more valuable sort of handcuffs that you could possibly have. So if you see him, and again, if Tommy Trumbull's maybe kicking around on the waivers, if you're in a deeper league, you might want to stash him just to see because we haven't seen Baker in Carolina. We don't know who he's going to, you know, just build chemistry with. If for some reason it becomes Tommy Drumble, happy days. He's tight in 39. He's probably on your waiver wire or a very cheap addition. Somebody not, I'm certainly not excited to, you know, go out and break the bank to try and acquire. But again, if he's free, why not take a shot? So there you have it, folks. I'm going to wrap it up with a bold prediction. I'm going to say that my boy, my beloved DJ Moore is going to finish as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver in 2022 because he's finally going to have a half decent quarterback for the first time in his career. I am excited. I want to see it. um, And I cannot wait for him to absolutely just ball out this year and get more than three or four touchdowns for the first time in his career. But guys, 
Thank you so, so much for sticking with me throughout these divisional breakdowns, especially while I was away there. I really appreciate it. I've had a lot of fun. I am super excited for this season. Make sure hit me up on Twitter or drop me an email if you have any questions, if you have trades you want to talk about, any way I can help you get better at Dynasty or any questions you have getting ready for your season. And don't forget to drop that review, get that screenshot, send it in and get in with a chance to win a Dynasty GM annual subscription for one entire year. Speak to you guys soon next week, last week before we have NFL football. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver ran it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.